Welcome to Love Punch, challenging entrepreneurs, artists, and thought leaders to make a lasting impact. I'm your host, Ruby Fremont, and I'm here as a catalyst for you, the new generation of thought leaders. I'm a kick-ass life coach, a bullshit detector, and courageous communicator. I'll show you how to take bold action and create massive impact through a powerful process that I call CPR. Courage, persistence, and resilience to go after what you really fucking want. It's time to unapologetically do what you're here to do and do it your way. So get ready and let's make shit happen. What's up, everyone? I'm curious to know, are you digging these conversations? Because I know that I am. And I'm super stoked today to have a fellow Canadian sister with me on the line. Ashley and I first connected through the Archangel Mastermind Facebook group a few years ago and have since become soul sisters. We even joke around about having met in past lives, but it's kind of a semi-joke since we both know that's true. Ashley Cooper is a Canadian inspirational speaker, author, and mentor for heart-centered leaders. She's on a mission to empower one million changemakers from around the from around the world by giving them the confidence and tools they need to succeed. Ashley is the founder of the 6A Method from Pain to Power, a comprehensive system and set of tools to help people see obstacles as opportunities and vulnerability as strength. She's also the co-founder of ABC Charity, a global art project based on kids helping kids. Ashley has traveled around the world helping leaders rise and has worked in countries such as South Africa, Sweden, Germany, Zambia, Bali, the United States, to name a few. And I couldn't be more excited to jump into a conversation with this stunning, badass leader today. So, Ashley, are you ready? Ruby, I was born ready. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) In this lifetime and in many others. (laughs) So... What's funny is the part that you guys missed right before I hit record was um, me reminding Ashley, hey, maybe just take a sip of water before we start. And she says, let me just light my Palo Santo. (laughs) (laughs) Can't forget the most important thing, you know. (laughs) No, no, not at all. (laughs) One of the reasons why I love you so much. Um, So, Ashley, one of the things that I love the most about you is the way that you show up online. I find that you embody this beautiful blend of confidence and vulnerability that makes you both relatable and inspirational at the same time. So I'm wondering, did you always show up in this way? And if not, what changed? Oh, wow. Um, thank you, firstly. And, and it's just a mirror of you, you know, and I, re- I respect all of those things about you as well. So uh, thank you for saying that. Uh, no, you know what, I, d- I don't think I always did show up at, like that. And in fact, I know I didn't. And it, the ironic thing is that for so many years, so many people would tell me how confident I was and how confident I looked. And at that time, actually, I, I was so insecure. And mm-hmm. um you know, and it really wasn't until I realized that my greatest strengths were the things that I was trying to hide that I actually stepped into my full embodiment, which which actually made me so much more powerful, not only just on the inside, but on the outside as well. Just, you know, w- when you when you embrace the unstoppable within yourself, you know, you can become unstoppable or when you embrace sorry, the, 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 the darkest parts of yourself that you don't want to share, then you can become unstoppable. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that's really 
that was when I really stepped into my power and, and began to realize, you know, the most powerful part of myself was to be able to share all of those things that, um, that I was scared to share. And, and, you know, it just, um, it's been such a blessing and such a, a freedom and a release for myself, you know? Mm, I love that embracing the darker sides within us. And I, I think that's so important because for many of us, we deny that part of ourselves due to, feelings of like shame or guilt or this inability to really pinpoint what exactly it feels like or looks like. Mm -hmm. And I found even for myself, like when I was able to look my demons in the eye, it became so much easier to work through them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's like this amazing thing where it's like the more, the more you try and hide something, the more you deny it, the more it festers and grows. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know what, what you focus on expands, of course, but what you resist persists. Right. Mm -hmm. So you need to find that delicate balance between being able to become aware of and acknowledge these aspects of yourself, but not, not get pulled back by them, but actually mine the gold in each and every experience because you know, every, in every single obstacle in the greatest obstacles I've had, I've actually mm -hmm. found my greatest opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the greatest obstacles that we face in life often challenge, well, they challenge us the most. And through going through those challenges is when we start to really understand our gifts, I find, mm -hmm. and our strengths mm -hmm. as well as, you know, our weaknesses, which is all, these are all good things to know and to recognize and to be aware of, because I find that all of those things help us become more confident because mm -hmm. we start to get to know ourselves at right. um, a deeper level, you know? Right. So, so for you, you know, confidence is such a big part of what you teach and what you preach and what you embody. But, um, you know, I'm curious to know, how would you describe confidence? I, confidence to me, you know, so I think it's funny as well as a woman that, that there's always like this idea too of like, if you're confident, you're a bitch. You're, you know what I mean? There's all <laughs> these like ideas around confidence. And um what I really think is that, you know, a confident person can be the quietest person in the room and still embody power, mm -hmm. or they can be the full expression of themselves and be, you know, the loudest, most vibrant person in the room. I think confidence is really coming to that place where you just love all aspects of yourself. And I, and I think that's a constant in, in a life journey, a life unfolding, just to really continue to, to unlearn all that you thought you were to discover who you truly are. And at the heart and center of that is that duality. And the more you embrace and love those aspects of yourself, the more you become a whole and entire being. And, you know, for me, confidence is going out and being that full expression of who you are mm -hmm. and being able to just release that idea that you need to be liked by everyone and that you need to have approval from anyone other than yourself and, mm -hmm. and understand that you are the love you seek. Mm, I love that. And you said a word that I absolutely love, and that's duality. Um, mm. For our listeners who don't quite understand that term, would you mind um, elaborating on that? Sure. So duality, it's like this idea that, you know, there's all aspects and, and it all everything is contrast, right? So there's like the light and the dark and there's up and down and mm -hmm. where there is fear, there is love. And within ourselves, there is that same duality, right? Mm -hmm. And what the interesting thing is as well, and what I love about this aspect of, you know, for example, let's even just take fear and love. Mm -hmm. There's so many different nuances and shades of both. But what we realize when we really go deep into it, that there is no separation between either mm -hmm. and that they're really two sides 
sides of the same coin. And so I think so many people and, and a lot of people get very, very trapped up in, you know, even in this world of like, you know, personal development and spirituality, where mm-hmm. we're all trying to attain this like high, 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 where there's never a low. And yet mm-hmm. it's also that contrast that c- can create um, our greatest expansion. And, and, you know, even especially talking about duality, when we're about to expand, you might if you're about to expand in your life, you might never have experienced more contraction. Mm-hmm. It's like giving birth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so totally. there's ex- expansion, there's a contraction as well. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a great analogy. <laughs> you know, you're getting, you're giving birthing pains. <laughs> yeah, you know, duality is such an important factor to to our life, and not just our us as human beings, but in in the world, like everything has duality. How would we know? How would we recognize the light without the dark? How would we recognize hate without love? How would we recognize fear without love? How would we recognize the shadows within us without having the light within us? You know, like we it, it's we need both. We need both sides of the spectrum to to really understand ourselves at a deeper level and life and how it works. And I, I think it's right what you were saying about this space of personal development where everyone's just trying to go after these highs. Everyone just wants the good. Everyone just wants to go after abundance and joy and happiness and all these things. And they don't understand that the journey to achieving these things are going to experience a lot of the opposite, you know, because we need to go through this in order to experience what it is that we're trying to attain. And even when we do attain it, even when we do come to the space of of being happy or feeling abundant, you're still going to be on the fucking roller coaster and you're still going to experience the highs and lows. And that's just a part of life. And it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, have you experienced that where people are just like addicted to the highs and they don't want to have anything to do with the lows? <laughs> yeah, totally. And what I what I what I think as well is that there's so much judgment. When we can let go of the judgment of what's good and bad, that's mm-hmm. when we can really um, go to the next level in our life as well, right? Because I hear a lot of judgment from people being like, "Well, um, it's bad to be angry. It's bad to be jealous. Um. It's bad to have all of these things." And what I find really interesting is that if if you experience anger, you can actually channel that in a very incredible way. For example, let's look at people like Nelson Mandela, Rosa Uh Parks, Gandhi, Um, all of them had a lot of anger and they channeled that in a loving way. They channeled that to create change. And same goes with, for example, jealousy, you know, maybe you're a leader in this world and you're seeing other people online doing what you want to do and you have this overwhelming jealousy and then you judge yourself for being jealous. Well, how about just use that as an indication of your, your soul's desire to expand Mm -hmm. and what you desire for yourself. And, and actually then you can have an indication of what you want to create and that it's possible. Oh my God. So true. And so important, especially today, you know, I was just working with a client in one of my group programs and she was explaining how, you know, she had just recently gone through this horrific divorce and she was just trying to move forward and she was on the verge of tears. And I just asked her, have you cried? Have you let yourself feel? And she's like, I just, I feel so angry, but I got to move forward. And I said, who has to, who's telling you that you have to move forward today? That Like Mm -hmm. this just happened a month ago. Who's telling you that you have to move forward today? And she was explaining how she's been in this world of personal development for so long and so many people encourage you to like move forward, move forward, learn your lessons, move forward. But where's that opportunity or the space for us to just feel our human emotions and not judge ourselves for them? 
you mm. know, and she, she allowed herself that space and felt so much better afterwards. But you're right. Like we're told it's wrong to feel angry. We're told it's wrong to feel the resentment. We're told it's wrong to feel sad. Like how many of you listeners have heard during your upbringing when you were crying, your parents saying, don't cry, mm. like, don't cry, uh, you know, stay strong, smile, everything's okay. Well, what if you're having a moment and everything doesn't feel okay? You know, it, it, it's okay to be in that. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Oh my God, you're hundred percent right. I mean, like, and the funny thing is you get just, judgment is just another form of fear, right? Mm-hmm. So it just exacerbates any situation that you're going through. And what I find funny, you know, in the nature of my own mind and what I see in clients and everyone, you know, it's just that, you know, we'll, we'll judge and then we'll recognize that we're judging. Right. And then we judge ourselves about judging about judging. Yes. And we judge ourselves about judging about judging about judging. And then it's just like this downward spiral. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's just really incredible. I think a lot of people get trapped up because you get so scared to feel because it feels when you're in it, it sometimes can feel like that depth of despair or Mm -hmm. sadness will never end. And I think it's important to remember that all things are in motion, nothing is, is permanent. And when you can actually allow the emotions to flow through you, I mean, I think yourself, Ruby and myself and all the listeners on the line, we can all look back to a time where we thought we'd never make it through something. Mm-hmm. I know there's times when I was suicidal and just sitting there and feel it felt like it was never going to end. And yet, even if we've lost someone and we're grieving, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all things are transient. And so I think that's also why people get scared to feel their feelings because it feels like it won't end. And yet it always mm-hmm. does. Yeah. When we're in the middle of it, it feels like it's never going to end. Like we're going to be stuck there. And I've heard people say like, I just don't want to be stuck here. You're not going to be stuck there. If you, if you resist, that's when we become stuck, right? Because the, the feeling just continues to perpetuate and to rise up and to come to the surface and you just continue to push it down and it creates this like cycle. But if you allow to, yourself to fully, fully feel what it is that is coming to the surface, it will pass. It will pass. And Ashley, thank you so much for sharing that, you know, at one point in your life, you were suicidal. I think that's really important for people to hear because even that passes. Yeah. I mean, you work through it, you know, like what, what was it for you that helped you come out of that? Well, you know, it wasn't, I wish I could say it was a divine moment of inspiration. And I've had (laughs) many of those along the path, actually, you know, I've had so many divine realizations where it's being, um, you know, I've been in those moments and something that has just given me that extra fight, that extra thing to go through. And it's just been this constant evolution of leaning into faith more than fear in those moments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I tell people as well, you know, all you need is one degree more of faith than fear in those moments. Mm -hmm. All you do is to just be willing. I'm also going to cry because I know that there's someone on this call that's sitting there in this, you know, and might feel like whatever they're going through is not going to pass. And yet it will. And all you need to do is, for example, it's, let's talk about judgment. Like in those moments, the best way to, to rise to success is appreciate where you are. So even if today, let's say you were suffering major depression and you got up and you made yourself food mm-hmm. and you hadn't been doing that for a few, that's a major success. Mm-hmm. Celebrate all of those things, celebrate yourself and know that 
all it takes is a degree more fear than faith in any situation. You know, even if you're going through financial problems or, you know, it's just that little degree more that can just give you that wind beneath your wings to keep you going until you're rising higher. And you always will. Yeah, I love that. So leaning into faith, right? Leaning into faith versus feeding the fear. So, so powerful. And, you know, listeners, I want to remind you that Ashley is a leader in every way, shape, and form. And she speaks about this stuff so openly and so eloquently because she's mastered this like embodiment of confidence and vulnerability that has allowed her to rise up as a leader. And, you know, this is one of the things that I talk about all the time is, is in order to be a really effective leader in today's day and and age, we have to, we have to marry the vulnerability within everything we do. We have to weave it in because the world today is so obsessed with social media and filtering everything and and people are really getting sick and tired of the filtration. You know, people are seeking real, people are seeking authenticity. And so sharing stories like this, it just it makes you so much more relatable and gives people uh, you know, the sense of inspiration, like, okay, if she did this, I can do this. And I just want to bring that up because I think it's an important reminder for, for anyone who's in a role of leadership to embrace the vulnerability, right? And, you know, when it comes to leadership, many people fear showing up vulnerably. Um, in fact, many leaders hold back from being real due to the fear of judgment or the fear of being seen as weak because of this bullshit association between vulnerability and weakness, right? But, um, it's not. So Ashley, like, why do you believe it's important for leaders to embrace vulnerability? Yeah. And the thing is, I have been judged by some people, you know, mm. who said I shouldn't be myself and it, particularly in the past now, especially because, you know, people have seen how much success I've, I've, I've gotten and right. how effective it's been. It, I get it much, much less. And yet in the beginning, a lot of people told me that. And you know what? I've never been helped by someone who pretended to be perfect because I have yet to meet a person who is. I've worked with people such as Desmond Tutu. I've worked with you know some of the most successful people in the world, and I've yet to meet someone who's completely perfect. And so I also think you know, Ruby, like you and I, and I'm sure all of the listeners on the line, I call people light workers, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you would call them as well. People who are born to really make a difference in the world, shine your light, to actually bring forth love into this world. And yet most of these light workers can, can all relate to the fact that we've had to go through extreme darkness mm-hmm. to be able to mine our light. And in order to really teach what you're here and we're born to teach, you need to learn that lesson. And I think a lot of light workers get really caught um, in the idea of feeling that there's something wrong with them, or who am I to help someone because I'm not perfect, or who am I to do this? And I think the more of us leaders, true leaders, who can actually stand up and say, "You're not alone. This this is the path of the light worker. This is the path of someone who has to walk through the fire to burn away that's no longer what what is no longer serving them, so you can blaze a trail for others to follow." You know, it, it's it's important for us to recognize that. Just going back to the beginning of our conversation, the darkness you've had to go through to find your light is exactly what will help other people. And if you deny that, then you're denying the the opportunity to truly serve. Mm, so good. So don't deny your darkness. You know, don't deny your shadows. Don't deny that which has been served to you for some higher purpose that m- might not be clear at the moment, but will become clear soon enough. <laughs> 
you know, I feel like me and you can both really relate to that because there there have been times in my past when I'm like, oh my God, this just sucks. Everything sucks. I don't get why this is happening. And then, you know, either like six months later or like two years later, I realize, oh, right. Okay. I get it. I get it. The dots are connecting. Thank you, universe. I understand now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the beautiful thing is the more you've gone through it, the more like now if something happens, it, like now that I could be in the middle of seeming chaos and, and actually stand in it and be like, holy shit, a huge breakthrough is on its way. Right. Yeah. Something huge is about to happen. <laughs> like something great is about to happen because everything seems like it's falling apart. So it has to be something great that's on its way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, isn't that such a powerful reframe too? You know, um, yeah. I, I feel like I'm at that same place where, when shit hits the fan, I get excited. It feels like shit. Like I will emphasize, it feels really crappy to be in the midst of that. But there's this piece of me inside that just trusts. Like I just know. I, it's an unshakable knowingness that something divine is about to happen and it's going to be incredible. And it just gives me that that inner calm to be able to just go through the shit storm, which is – just- <laughs> Which it is. It's a real shit storm yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And I, I think that's also one of these misconceptions too that people um, don't often talk enough about is there's this assumption that if you do enough of this quote unquote work, you know, the spiritual work, the the emotional work, the personal development, if you do enough of it and you get far ahead in it, that you're not going to feel like shit anymore, that you're not going to experience bad things anymore, that bad things aren't going to happen anymore. And it's it's such a disservice to go into this work with that belief because when shit does hit the fan again, which it will because this is life, you you fall into the depths of despair at an even quicker rate. I mean, I don't know if this is something that you've found in, in this world of personal development, but I sure as have found it. And I, I, I really want to call bullshit on it and just to help people understand that life isn't a journey to like this end goal of you just attain light and now you're light and now everything's light and everything's always going to be light. (laughs) That's not the way it works. Like (laughs) life is always going to be this roller coaster. We just get really fucking good at navigating it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that too. I'm like, it's not about like having this mass. It's about like being a really good surfer, like learning how to ride the wave of life. Mm. And then you can actually have fun surfing. You know, you can have fun doing it. And it's, it's the contrast that makes it fun. It's that duality when you can learn to kind of love it. And like we're saying in the middle of that shit storm, just being like, I know something great's on its way. And that's holding that one degree of faith sometimes when you just feel like, oh my gosh, I I just want to get so pulled into that fear. Um, Yeah. Mm. I, I love this idea of one degree of faith. Um, it, it's, it's just so powerful because I think it's really easy to lean into fear. I, I think it's, it, it's far easier to lean into fear. Let's just be <laughs> real here. It's far yeah. easier to feed fear than it is to lean into faith. So for someone, you know, maybe someone's listening right now and they're in a situation where they understand that there's faith that they can lean into, but the fear feels so much easier. What piece of advice could you give them to help them lean more into the faith? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I have actually a story that I I really love. Have you heard that native American tale? Uh, Maybe your, your listeners of the two wolves. No, please share. (laughs) Okay. This is like my favorite story of all time. I actually did a piece of art, uh, uh, 
of it in reference to it a while ago because I just love it. I have it on my wall. Um, but there's this Native American tale of this elderly Cher- um, Cherokee chief who's sitting around the fire with his grandson. And he's telling him this great tale of these two wolves that live inside each and every one of us. And he's saying, there's one wolf, the wolf represents fear and it represents hatred and anger and jealousy and resentment and all of these negative emotions and experiences that any of us could ever imagine. And then there's this other wolf, there's this wolf of love and it represents love and compassion and generosity Mm -hmm. and faith and peace. And he's just talking and going on and on about this war that's constantly going on between these two wolves. And the grandson gets so scared. And he says, but grandfather, grandfather, which wolf wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. Mm. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So good. Oh, so fucking good. And I I think, I don't think I know. I'm watching my words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that each and every one of us, in every moment of every day, we all have an opportunity and choice to feed the wolf of fear or love. And in these moments where we're getting pulled into fear, when that everything seems like it's falling apart, when our mind wants to look at all of the things that are wrong, we have, we have that opportunity to sit there with ourselves and even ask yourself, what does it look like to feed the wolf of love right now? Mm. What, what can I see around that? Because sometimes we're so pulled into our experience, I mean, that we don't see all the great things we have around us. I, totally. I've lived in townships of South Africa where you know, people, they can't even afford a Coke. There have 14 people living in a room that's barely bigger than a closet mm-hmm. for most of us. And yet they're some of the happiest people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we, we forget to sit and we get so consumed with things that are going on that we forget that are going wrong, sorry, that we forget to look at what's going right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes even just that list, writing a list of the, the things you have, even if it's a roof over your head or, you know, the love that you have from your friends or... Mm, I love that. The ability to listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah, like starting simple. Yeah, like starting simple. Yeah. Um, I think it's um, one of those things where those things where people often forget because the fear consumes them. And in that moment, you feel as though that's the only thing happening in your life. And when you try and think about something good, it's really hard to find that thing because we're looking past the simple things, like you mentioned, the roof over our head, two working hands or two working legs or food in my belly or, you know, I woke up today. But those are mm-hmm. all things that we need to also remember, especially in those times of despair, to be grateful for, to appreciate, to understand, you know, that these are all gifts that we have been given. And, um, that, you know, thank you for sharing that because I think it's, you know, with this whole notion of gratitude lists and, and, you know, people having gratitude journals, it's really easy to bypass the basics that we have to be grateful for. And the basics are really powerful reminders, especially in those moments of despair. Yeah, I actually do want me to share a gratitude practice that I developed actually, that's really, really, it's really lovely. And it incorporates like, 
Uh, because like you said, I think sometimes it's really easy to see certain things like, okay, to be grateful for. And sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. So I actually get people to, when they're writing out gratitude lists, I get them to separate their gratitude lists in the obvious, the subtle and the more difficult things. Mm -hmm. So I'll get people to like write down what's the obvious. Okay. I have a roof over my head. I have, you know, um, water running like from the top. I have whatever it is. Right. And then maybe there's more subtle things that you wouldn't normally notice. Right. Oh, like how the person smiled you at the grocery store, how someone gave you a loan, how, do you know what I mean? Like these subtle things that maybe you wouldn't think about. And then the more difficult things, which would be really being able to look at experiences in your life that you've previously labeled as bad and being willing to open your mind to see how that experience could have offered you something good or that has an opportunity. What could you learn from this experience? What's the, what's the opportunity in that obstacle? And it, it's a really beautiful thing to be able to go, okay, yeah, there's these things that are obvious that I could be grateful for, but how could I find appreciation for even these things that I want to label bad? And you can find some really beautiful things in that. Mm, I love that way of doing a gratitude list. Um, so to recap, <laughs> do a gratitude list and split it into three columns. You've got the obvious, the subtle, and the difficult. Um, I encourage everyone listening to try this out today. Okay, put it into action today. Don't just let this be a tool that you stick up in the back of your mind and forget about. Like actually do it today and see what comes up for you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Ashley. Yeah, you're so welcome. So Ashley, we are at the end of the episode. Time goes fast here at Love Punch. Um, But at the end of every episode, I offer my listeners a love punch, which is a punchy and short mantra that lovingly kicks their ass into gear. And today, Ashley, it is your turn. So what is your love punch for this episode? I, I love the mantra. It was my mantra for last year, and I'd love to share that with you guys. It's I am the love I seek. Mm. I am the love I seek. That is so good. Thank you. Yeah, that is powerful. I mean, I can see how that I sorry, that brought me back to like <laughs> there was one there was one that I know we're at the end of the episode guys, but this really I am the love I seek. That brought up um the the mantra that I had uh for a long time when I was going through my shit, which is I am love. And it's just so powerful to understand, like to really understand that we truly are that love that we're seeking in other people, that we see we're seeking in other experiences, that we're seeking in our circumstances. Like all that love that you're seeking outside of yourself is actually within yourself. It is you. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, and that's confidence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's worth. Yeah, it truly is. <laughs> oh, Ashley, thank you so much for engaging in an awesome and real as fuck conversation. Please tell our listeners how they can stalk you online. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So they can uh, check me out at um, ashleycooper.ca. That's my website. And or on Instagram at ashleycooperxox. Mm, cool. And I will put that in the show notes for everyone. Um, and to our listeners, if you want to experience more real conversation with me, Ashley, and other incredible thought leaders, please join us in LA at Amplified Soul Live 2018 this Yay. March. The link is going to be in the description, but you can also find it on my website, which is rubyframon.com. And please connect with me on social at I am Ruby. Ashley, I adore you. I'm so excited to see you. 
soon. Um, so thank you listeners for joining us on today's episode of Love Punch, where I'm challenging thought leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs like you to make a lasting impact. If you love this episode between me and Ashley, please share it with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you're feeling a little extra love, drop a review on iTunes. Ashley, thank you again. You are a goddess. <laughs> Oh, a reflection of you. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm really just grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you You're so welcome. much. So everyone join me back here next week with a new episode of Love Punch.